Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute and your host for today's episode. I am very excited to have Diana Richardson, Technical Product Manager at Core Logic, join us today. Welcome, Diana. Hi, thanks for having me today, Rebecca. I'm very excited. Oh, it's always one of my favorite podcasts to do is to talk to people actually practicing what we talk about and hearing <laughs> their stories. I think they're, they're, they're the most exciting and it's why we do what we do, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So first for our audience, just a little bit of context. Tell a little bit about yourself uh, and how you got into product management. Sure. So um, I have been with, I guess I probably need to back up. So initially I graduated from college, you know, and back in 2000, I got a part-time job at a small company, small private company called FNC. Um, and fast forward to maybe, I think it's three, almost four years ago, that company was acquired by CoreLogic. So um, I started off in the QA space. I was a QA engineer. I've had a number of roles all across the company, spanning anywhere from business analyst, project manager. I've been the sales demo expert. And I landed in product management uh, maybe about six or seven years ago. And since then, I've moved over to the more technical side of the product management um, functions as well. So that's kind of how I landed where I am today. Um, Again, just the number of roles throughout the company, you know, typically when you're in a smaller organization, you are whatever the organization needs you to be. And I kind of feel like that's really how I was able to traverse the company and kind of, you know, start off on one end of the spectrum in QA, go through, you know, product management, sales, and end up um, kind of where I am now. So it's been interesting and it's been a really fun journey to kind of see things from a number of different perspectives and not just from one angle. And I love that. I like, I think a diverse background is one of the strongest things we can bring to a product role. Um, one of the things that I think I've discovered doing this show for a number of years is that the definition of the role of product management varies a ton in different companies. So you can, can you tell us a little bit about sort of technical product management role at CoreLogic? Sure. So, and it's so funny that you say that because I was looking in the pack earlier today and it was someone wondering, you know, what is a product manager? And I think they were just trying to start out the, um, that office in their company. And I was thinking about that because for us, it was really different, you know, back in, again, when we were that private company, we initially did not have product managers. And so at some point someone said, you know, hey, there's this role, I think it could be good for us. And that's when we really established, established our product management office. And we ended up, uh, I think with maybe just two product managers. And for those guys, it was really more about, you know, finding their footing, what that need to be for us as an organization. Um, fast forward to now, you know, that obviously has matured over the number, over the years. Um, we have several more product managers and obviously, obviously with CoreLogic being in play, um, we get a lot more exposure and experience from all their various product managers, from all their acquisitions, um, and just people that we can really learn from. Where the technical product management comes into play uh, specifically, I am more, I kind of pair with the product managers those, or the product owners. Some people say that those terms are synonymous and I think that depends on the organization. Um, but I really pair with those product managers to work with them, make sure that, that I have a good understanding of their business requirements. Um, go back to my team. I have a team of engineers that I work with 
Um, and there's also, I do also have a counterpart, another technical product management that I work with. I mean, he's great. I love working with Chris. Um, but what we really do is we translate all of that business speak over into tech speak for our engineers. Uh, we handle all of the testing for our engineers. We will reach out to our clients as needed to, to make sure that, you know, hey, is this what you were looking for? Getting that kind of instant feedback. Um, we are, Chris calls us instead of, you know, technical product manager, he says that we are the ticket processing managers because we have to make a lot of tickets, uh, whatever access our team needs. I'm going through the process now, trying to get some new licenses approved for some of the applications, some components that we need. Um, it's really, this has actually been the most fun role that I've had um, in my tenure here. Um, it's just because it's, it really combines everything that I love doing. It's, it gives me that analyst experience. I can dig down and get the requirements. Um, I can do all the technical work. Um, it gives me the ability to, you know, I'm talking with the clients like the product managers do. Um, and it, it just really combines, at least my opinion, it combines all the best parts of a number of different roles. And you just kind of get to really, um, really dig your heels in and provide value to the company. Sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of work and a lot of fun. It is. It, it's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, you know, especially being able to go back to some of my QA roots. I love finding bugs. I love finding bugs <laughs> and breaking things and reporting issues. And I'm like, hey, guess what I did? I get very excited about that. So <laughs> engineers must not love to see you coming all the time. Gosh, they, find they, another one. <laughs> well, you know what? they are actually really, really really appreciative of because you know if we don't find it that means the client's yep. going to find it yep. so we want to catch all those you know any type of issues before they are released to production nice all right so one of the things uh in telling sort of your journey of how you got where you are and and one of the things that came up in the conversation that you and i had before the show was really sort of um it's something that i think a lot of us have in our own career histories and that's that that's being acquired mm -hmm. right uh and it well it's fairly common it can be a tough part of anyone's career journey uh, and so I really kind of want to explore that today, particularly because I think one of the areas that you are very strong in and very passionate about is team and culture. Mm -hmm. It's one of those areas that's really, really, really can be put to the test during an acquisition. Absolutely. So let's talk, let's just dig in on the details. But but before sure. we get to the details, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, just sort of the different acquisitions you went and maybe how your overall thinking and approach has evolved over time. Sure. So initially, uh, my first experience in dealing with an acquisition was when CoreLogic purchased FNC. Uh, so that was maybe, I think that we're approaching four years now, it's almost four years ago. Um, that was really my first um, encounter with being acquired. You know, we had all had high hopes over the years that, you know, eventually FNC, you know, we're going to be this really big thing. It's either some company is going to buy us or we're going to go public ourselves. It's going to be great. And so when that happened, it was like, oh, wow, it actually happened. What does this mean for us? And I think that there was a lot of apprehension and nervousness um, just on the part of really everyone, because if you weren't, you know, at those higher levels, you hadn't been privy to any of those discussions. And you, you really just don't know what the future holds for you as, a, as an individual. So I think that there were just a lot of nerves um, in the very beginning as we all really tried to understand what this means to us talk to management. Um, and of course, they can't really say much because, you know, it, you know, at that point in the process of an acquisition, things are still very much, you know, legally confidential and they, there's just not much that they can tell us. But they were very reassuring in that they felt like everyone, you know, still had a future at the company. There wasn't anything to be concerned about. 
from that regard, but I do just remember there was a lot of angst and anxiety and just nerves because where we, we are in Oxford, Mississippi, um, the biggest thing here is um, our university, Ole Miss. So there's not a lot of opportunities for people who are more technical in a smaller uh, town. Um, so everyone was just really very anxious and nervous about what the future holds for, for them. And, you know, in our families, we were all really worried about that. And I do, I think it is, I think that anxiety is real, right? I mean, uh, for one thing, you, you, I mean, you don't know, and they're going to say things and they can't make guarantees. Mm -hmm. Uh, and as you said too, depending on, on the level of the organization is sort of your visibility into what was occurring which also means you're just at a super different spot on the change curve, right? Mm -hmm. Like the executives in the know are like, no, wait, we've already processed this and we see the great things on the side. And you're like, well, this is big. And then, and to your point too, adding sort of the, the locale and, and maybe the, the feeling uh, of less opportunities if this one didn't go, it's a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. uh, but just like any situation, right? If you go in with stress and fear, you're not gonna be as successful, right? Mm -hmm. So, so kind of how did you go like those are all real feelings, but I'm going to kind of, uh, how did you sort of mentally prep to put the best foot forward and to spend less time on that part and more time on how can I find the opportunities? Sure. And, and, you know, and that actually, it really did take some time for me personally. I will uh, be completely honest and just say that it did take some time to uh, become more comfortable and more confident in what was happening uh, with our company. Um, our management was really great in terms of you know, continuing to try and reassure us, but the employees really, um, I was part of a little group and I, I believe at Culture Club, we started book prior to the acquisition. I'm pretty sure we did, but it was a little group. It was just more of an employee um, from the ground up type of group. And what the Culture Club was really for was to try and improve the culture in our little, in our little company because we wanted to make sure that everyone was, um, happy and felt, you know, felt that they were appreciated. And, you know, you want to be, you want to enjoy coming into the office every day. So we just all felt that there was a need to have some type of movement or efforts around that. That's how we kind of founded that, um, that tiny little club. And so what we did, we kind of took that club and applied it throughout the acquisition to make sure that um, employees were informed as much as they could be. We coordinated um, some conferences, meaning just, you know, hey, everyone, let's go to the conference room. Let's have a list of questions that we want to ask the executives. Um, and the executives, they were so receptive, receptive to everything that we, you know, that we gave them in terms of feedback regarding how everyone was feeling. So, you know, they allowed us to come into those conference rooms. And it was just, you know, questions we sometimes we would have a prepared list. And sometimes it would just be, you know, hey, what are you guys feeling? And really just their openness and everything. And then also a lot of research that I did into CoreLogic as a company. Um, that really gave me a good sense of comfort as well. Just learning more about them, what they do, um, and kind of how, thinking in my mind, you know, how could we fit into this behemoth of a company? You know, us being so small, where can we add value? And, and the other thing that really gave me a good bit of uh, comfort was just understanding that transitioning from, oh, this is, this is a threat to kind of, you know, my comfort level to this is an opportunity for us. And so that was really a, a big part for me is just treating it all as an opportunity. You know, even if something would have happened and they said, you know, hey, we don't, 
we want to transition your role to be something else. Just thinking from the mindset of, okay, well, what can this role now be? How can I help you? What type of value can I provide to you as a company? And so, and, and that's really been kind of how I am continuously thinking and just always trying to uh, move forward. It's, you know, hey, how can I continue to add value? How can, how can I continue to um, be useful? If this is no longer valuable, you know, this role that I'm in, what's something that I can do to, to move ahead to the next step? You know, how can I just really continuing to provide value is my thing. Well, and there's so many good things there. One is it does take time, right? You have to give yourself time and permission to process the, the fear. It's real mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's not without cause. Um, but I think that sort of, uh, I think having a group you could already, that already existed that you could lean in and just sort of that open atmosphere to ask questions, right? Uh, and to process, right? It's kind of a safe space for everyone to acknowledge like, like you're going to have questions and this is going to be mm-hmm. tough. Like, let's talk about it. Is a, is a, a really wonderful thing to set it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. And another thing that I will say is that the executives, you know, they were very, they were very willing to, you know, Hey, do you want to go out to lunch? Let's go to lunch. Let's go talk about this. What can I do to, you know, to ease your fears, to calm you down, to let you know that this is going to be okay. So that was something else that I really appreciated as well. Yeah. A real human touch to it. Like understanding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward a little bit uh, and, and your little company gets bought by the big company, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how do you uh, start to feel part of that company? How do you not feel like the other? How, how did that process work for you and kind of bringing your teammates along? You know, that is actually, that's a really great question because there's still so much of that even today, you know, years later. Uh, we just recently, one of the things that our little culture club started was the concept of, it was a, it's called the You Rock Award. And so it's just an employee given award. It's literally a rock, but it's, you pass it to someone for whatever reason, like, hey, you know what? Thank you for doing something. Thank you for helping me. Hey, you, you rock, you know, it's literally the You Rock Award. And we have been doing that for a number of years. We actually just celebrated our 10 year anniversary of that award, I think. And we just opened that up to the larger organization. So um, doing things like that, that's really helpful to um, kind of come out of your shell. And I think that's really important for everyone if you're going through something like this, you know, it's really just come out of your shell, uh, be willing to, you know, put yourself out there, attend those larger uh, conferences and invites and meetings if you get a chance, see what's out there in the organization. Um, I was really fortunate to get paired um, on, I think maybe two or three projects now with people that were in other business units within the company. And it was really wonderful because I got to see things from their perspective. They got to see things from my perspective and, you know, we've made those connections and now I can reach out to whoever I need to in the organization, you know, just, I need some assistance. So, um, I would really encourage people to not to be to be a little bit more open-minded when it comes to, you know, acquisitions and not be quite as guarded when you're, you know, interacting with other people. Um, we've had a number of people from our little Oxford, Mississippi office who have, again, seen those opportunities. They've moved out to our main headquarters out in, um, in the Dallas area. And so they've moved on and they've got bigger roles and bigger opportunities, which is great. And so that's just a real good example of, you know, hey, if you, um, make those connections, you know, network with people who you might not typically interact with. Um, and they, they will, doors will open for you if you are just open to them. So 
Oh, again, great advice there, right? I mean, I think there's a couple of things. I, I think sometimes when you're the smaller company that was acquired, uh, people have a tendency to kind of wait for the big company to come a courting, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be like, <laughs> and, and to do a little bit of like, well, they didn't ask us and they didn't do that. And, exactly. and I get it. It's a natural piece, but you know, uh, we were, my, my family were moving, uh, and we were talking about so these former neighbors we had that were awesome. Like that made everybody feel at home. And we're like, we hope there's a Chris there. Mm-hmm. And then we went, you know what? No, we gotta, we gotta be the Chris we want to find, right? We've got to be the, you know, the, the person who goes, Hey, hey, you know, we're new, like, let's get together. And I, I think that can be hard. It can be scary. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, a bit of vulnerability, but, but I, I do think everybody has both the responsibility and the opportunity to build those connections. Um, and, and yeah. kind of the, I'm going to wait and see thing is it's not the place to, sh- to shine the best. Right. Yeah, absolutely. If you just come at it from an opportunity perspective and just really see what you can get out of it. Um, it's just, for me, that was a real light bulb changing moment. It's like, okay, there's nothing, there's no point really in worrying about it. You can't change it. It's going to happen regardless of how mm-hmm. you feel about it. So um, it was really about, okay, let's take this and turn it into an opportunity. What can we do? And it's been great. You know, we've had a number of additional training opportunities, learning opportunities, and just exposure to so many more things that um, eventually would have come at our smaller company, but it just happened a little bit quicker um, with the larger company. So it's been been good. Another thing you talked about is uh, that it is an ongoing process. And I remember like naively after the first acquisition being like, oh, you know, it'll, it'll be really rough for, you know, a couple months. And then, but by the end of the year, it'll be this, this running machine. And it, it doesn't, it, it is, uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure it ever ends. Uh, and it, it's certainly an ongoing process. And I think sometimes people get frustrated, like, really, we're still, but yeah, accept that, accept that it is a journey of bringing together processes and cultures and technology and all of these different things. So uh, if you're at four years, right, what, and you're still seeing things, how have you guys, how do you keep that okay to realize that there's still ongoing learning and points and things that we have to go through? Yeah, it's, it's really just for us, or for me, I guess, it's just about acceptance that, hey, you know, this is part of the process. And it's actually a little bit reassuring because some of the challenges that we saw as a smaller company, larger companies have those same challenges. So it's like, okay, you know what? Hey, we weren't, we weren't as bad off as we thought we were because they're, they're struggling with this as well. But how can we take the things that we learned when we were going through it, how can we apply that to the bigger company? Um, we have a number of teams that are doing kind of similar things and we're trying to combine those so that we don't have all these disparate teams doing similar behaviors and just combining those. It's, it's been several years in the process and we just got to the point where we have that one single team and really trying to get them to find their footing. Um, it's, it's just a process. I, I don't know that it's going to end. And I actually kind of don't know that I would want it to end you because I mean, I feel like you've got to always, you know, keep up and change and react to what's happening. Um, I think that if you get to a point to where you're running stably um, in a more stable manner, I don't know that stably is a word, but in a more stable manner, um, then I think that's, that's positive. Yeah. And, and yeah, changes and ending. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the other thing is I, I know from our discussion that you've got another acquisition in the works, yes. right? Ab- so absolutely. you're doing this again. 
So what, what are you most excited from the things that you kind of learned through the first process, uh, the good and the bad, right? Like the things that you're going to double down on in this next one, or the things that you're going to be like, Hey, there's a, a pitfall that we know that we should avoid. Mm-hmm. What are some of those like lessons learned that you're going to bring to this next acquisition? So for me personally, lessons learned is going, the biggest thing is do not, um, get so burdened by the what ifs. Do, do not be so consumed by, okay, what's going to happen. Don't immediately think of it as being negative. Um, because I, I did that with the first, with the initial acquisition. Um, and it's just, it's really just a waste of time, honestly. I, I, I know that you do have to let yourself process that emotion, um, but getting through it a little bit quicker, I'm going to do that this time. Um, and, I, and I already have a more positive mindset about it. You know, I, I do still have that apprehension and, you know, what's going to happen, the what ifs, but I'm also looking to the opportunities that this might bring for us. Um, because there were tremendous opportunities with the last acquisition. Um, I'm excited to see what this one is going to bring for us too. So how about your teammates? Maybe some of the teammates where this is their first acquisition. Uh, do you have, are are there, how are you going to help them? Right. How are you going to help them? I do have one of my teammates that was not part of the smaller company. He came on when we were, had already been acquired. So, um, and the thing is, he, he hasn't been, been there that long. I've been really trying to be more mindful of how he's feeling and how uh, it's really how he's feeling about everything. Because when he initially came on, he was put onto a project that was, it was with me, but it was not with our core team. And then when we got off of that project, here we are in the pandemic. So it's like, <laughs> he hasn't been normal at all. <laughs> yeah, it's not normal at all. So I think for him, I what I would advise him to do is really to just kind of um, just be patient, just be patient and also be vocal. You know, if you have questions, don't just sit and um, sulk isn't the right word, but don't just sit and, you know, how you have those negative conversations in your head. Don't do that. You know, if you've got something that you're feeling, talk to one of your teammates about it. Even if you're not comfortable talking to your direct leader, you know, talk to your teammates because we're all on the same page. We're all, um, you know, kind of at the same level. Um, and we are, we're probably all feeling a lot of the same thing. So it's just really good to talk those things through because we do have um, my counterpart, Chris, he's very good at being reassuring. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very reassuring. He's like, well, you guys, there's nothing we can do about it. Why don't we just do this and just think of all the good things. So he's so positive And I love that about him. Uh, but it's really good to just, to just talk it through. Don't just, you know, sit and get so bogged down in the what ifs in your mind, really just talk to someone about it. If you're not comfortable with talking to one of the executives, you know, talk to your, to your manager. If you're not comfortable talking to your manager, talk to one of your peers. Um, if you don't want to do it in an office setting, go grab coffee with someone. I think it's great. And I think if you're, if you're the person they grab to talk to, it's, it's again, it's listening to them, validating their feelings, but also helping them not dwell, right? I always say like, there's no yeah, point in absolutely. borrowing problems, right? Like if we don't mm-hmm. have, the, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to borrow them, mm-hmm. worry about them now. And right. Go through it and have gone through it twice, right? Exactly. Uh, but, you know, there's, and and there's, it's not going to change it. Nothing is going to change. Your worry is not going to affect the outcome. They're not going to call off the deal because you personally <laughs> are <laughs> No, it is hard though, right? It is hard, it but is. I, I think it, and I Very do think difficult. it's something we can help each other through, right? To give space. And, you know, if you see this in, at work and you see this personal life, you can kind of take turns, be in the warrior sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, if, if Chris needs to 
to vent to you, then you can let him invade, and then he's a positive one most of the time. So it's good. Yeah, yeah, it wor- It works really, really well. Um, just having, just having a really good relationship with your, with your team members and being able to have those types of conversations and have people who play different roles and that ebbs and flows. Um, you know, just depending on what everyone's going through individually and just how they're feeling. So Chris might be the strong person one day, I might be the strong person another day, and and that's okay. So lots of good advice here about acquisitions, right? Uh, open dialogues, try not to dwell on the on the what ifs, look at the opportunity. Uh, you talked about researching the organization that you're either acquiring or being acquired by. I think that's huge. Uh, you know, these days with networking too, there's opportunities to probably speak to current and former employees about there, right? And really get some some insights, which I think is great. Or even Glassdoor might give you, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of pieces. Um, just just one more on sort of the specific part of product management. Like we talked about when I asked you to kind of define the role at, at your company, it does vary a lot. When you are acquired, is there a, a level of mapping of the same title to the same role? Is there some sort of, sort of assimilation between those? Or uh, how do you kind of then find consistency within the wider organization for what product is? We, we did have, there, there was a mapping exercise of titles in our first acquisition. Um, and so of course, I wasn't privy to those discussions. So I found out about it later, but once you go through kind of the HR onboarding process, that's where they talk more about their, their various titles and the various levels and what they mean um, and how you can traverse through those different levels, mm. you know, if you want to do that type of thing. So um, there was a good bit of that. And one thing that we found is that we are all, especially within the product management space, we are all doing similar functions, um, but just in more of a custom fit, I guess I would say, to what matches our particular business unit because product management at our prior company is different from product management at one of the other companies that they acquired. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be different from this new company that's acquiring us. And so we just all have to really have a good understanding of you know, what our role is today and not be so rigid in terms of what that role might need to um, transform into in the future. Uh, that's smart, right? You're mapping it up and you're kind of seeing where we all want to get to, but it wasn't like, hey, tomorrow, Diana, your role is entirely different because you have to your all these connections downstream that need you to be and provide what you provide today, right? The engineering teams are expecting you to play that role uh, but it is, it's a nice combination to be like, you need to play that role today, but like, let's, let's, let's work through there and how you get there. Right. Let's plan to have you at this level doing these additional tasks, um, you know, a year down the road, six months down the road, that type of thing. And how can, let's have an actual action plan of how we can get you there. So good. Nice stuff. All right. We talked uh, about a lot of different things today. Uh, if you could get our listeners to do two things differently tomorrow. Based on what we talked about today, what would you have them do? Well, I know one thing for me personally, and I'm sure that this applies to other people, it just goes back to not worrying about things that you have no control mm-hmm. over. And it's it's much, much easier said than done because mm-hmm. I'm in a constant state of worry. I go right to the worst case scenario in most instances. So I would encourage our listeners to focus on the positive as much as you can, find the opportunity. If there's something that's negative, 
that you're dealing with, whether it's in your personal life or in your career, um, find a tiny opportunity there somewhere, a small win, something that can give you um, something that can give you just a little jolt of positivity. And I think that would be really helpful. It helped me, um, I'm, for me personally, again, it's just a very conscious decision. Okay, Diana, stop worrying about this. What can we focus on that you can actually control? So it's, yep. it's a very conscious decision for me, something that I have to do. Um, the other thing that I would encourage people to do um, is talk to someone or interact with someone that you don't normally um, talk to in your day-to-day. So if you have a team, like I have a core team, I'm on meetings with them all day. I'm on Zoom. I'm constantly interacting with them. Um, if it's just, you know, pinging them on your Zoom chat, if you're not back in the office yet, or if you are in the office, you see someone, you know, just talk to them for five minutes, find out what it is that they do. Um, if there's something that you can learn more about, because again, that's another opportunity there. You might not know anything about the particular department that they're in. You might not know anything about their business unit, but just making those connections, the power of networking, it's, it's a really real thing. I mean, it, 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 it can, it can help you out a lot more than you might think that it can. Um, and it doesn't have to always be career career um, opportunities or career help. It can be personally. Um, we have a number of people in our office who um, they might be looking for something. One of the things that we do on one of our daily standups when we were in the office, we would have a section called helps. So if there was a help that you needed or if you needed to have something that could potentially help other people, um, you could talk about that at that time. And so after that, people can come and talk to you and say, you know, hey, I need someone to, a trivial example, is that who do you guys use to watch your dogs when you go out of town? Mm-hmm. Something simple like that. And so just from something like that, just talking to people that you might not normally talk to, you're going to get some insight and some information. And it, you know, just do it for five minutes. It doesn't have to be a big, huge thing. Just five minutes, just, hey, you know, what do you work on? Let me tell you what I work on. Just that short exchange of information. I think both of those are great advice for your career. And I think they're great advice in general. We all do it. We spend too much time wearing, again, 100%, super easy to say, pointing out in everybody else. It's hard to do yourself, right? But also uh, taking the the unexpected connections. I mean, I, I think one of the things uh, that that a lot of us realized with COVID it's those connections, those little personal connections that, that are so important and that we missed a lot. And so, you know, if it's, if it's the person behind you in the grocery store, or if it's the person four names down on Slack, uh, it doesn't matter. Those little connections make everything better. Uh, they really do. Yeah. They really do. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this one last thing. We had an event where we went out to plant flowers at a park for Earth Day. And I hadn't seen like people in person mm-hmm. in so long. COVID protocols completely left my mind. I ran up hugging everybody. Like a crazy <laughs> no, no one stiff armed me. So there's that. But in hindsight, I should not have done that. But I was just so happy to see people again. And you don't, I mean, you know it, right? You, you know it that you missed that. But then when you see them, when you are in person on some of these things for the first time, you realize just how powerful that is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget your fellow people out there. They're important. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Diana, for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me here. Awesome. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you everyone for listening. And don't forget to join us next week 
when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your company, your product, and your career.